Hey guys, welcome to the Common Life Podcast from the Well Church in Abilene. JR and I had known each other for about a week. He had just moved in from Lubbock. And they came to the well for the first time, and it was one of these weeks at the beginning of the semester when there was just a lot of people in the room. We had recently planted. I'm insecure, you know, so I'm uh, up there. I don't know why people are showing up, you know, but the Lord's doing something pretty uh, pretty special uh, in the early, this was probably four years ago. And I remember JR, after the service ended, you know, and everybody's sweaty because we've all been breathing each other's air and... <laughs> Um, he walks up to me afterwards and he just goes, Hey man, I want you to know that, that you're good, but you are not this good. <laughs> and uh, I think he meant it as a compliment, but, um, it just crushed my soul. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that later that week in the office, I remember Jake Kelly was like, man, who is this jerk that has ruined your life? Um, and it ultimately ended up being JR and he meant it as a, as a compliment, but maybe that's more of an embarrassing story about me than him. <laughs> but there were a few things up front where Jr. would just say something, and it would just wreck my life. And then Jake Kelly um, had a vendetta against them early on. But uh, we've worked it out. We're fine now. And he's he's being nerdy this week, not with us for the podcast. Um, he's in virtual Portland. He's actually upstairs, but he's supposed to be in Portland for his uh, doctoral studies. Um, earning the earning the right to wear those glasses, and uh, he is uh, he's not with us this week, so it's just me and Tyler. Yeah, and we're gonna just today's episode is gonna be pretty short. We just want to do two things. We just want to talk about um, first. Uh, we just want to talk about how impressed we are with our city leadership in light of something that's just absolutely pretty overwhelming. And then second, Austin is just gonna share. Uh, just a quick something he's been chewing on to kind of encourage us as we go throughout our week. So Austin, did you tune in yesterday to the um, the simulcast of the city council meeting? Man, I caught it late. Like I was, um, I tuned in probably at you know I think the the, the meeting was at eleven fifteen. I tuned in at 11, about eleven thirty. So I missed the 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 front festivities. Yeah, it was um, it was impressive. For several reasons. One was the starting point was dozens of people talking over one another <laughs> on the on the on the call-in line, oh, not man. understanding that they weren't supposed to talk until the end of the meeting. That's that the awesome. mayor and the city manager were gonna address things first. And it was just a noisy mess. And there were multiple times I looked at Brooke and I said, I think I have to turn it off because it's doing something in my <laughs> I chest. Am anxious. <laughs> yeah. Um but but once they got it started and once they got going, I was so impressed oh, with our yeah. city leadership. Man, I the the Abilene's response to this universal pandemic, or I guess worldwide pandemic, universal is a bit a bit big of a of a designation, but um Abilene's response here has made me proud to be a citizen of Abilene, Texas. Yes. I, mean, I I feel like the city has stepped up. I've been proud of the, uh, the the school board with the Chromebooks that have been passed out and the um, the uh, uh, you know oh, I'm trying to think of just how to how to say this but the way that they have responded even to um, uh, subsidized lunches in town by continuing those and uh, now seeing the way that Hendrick has responded and 
uh, Brad Holland, the CEO, has has kind of stepped up to the plate there. And then to watch Robert Hanna and Anthony Williams just lead our community yesterday, I I was pumped. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of times where you, because um, the Bible tells us to submit to and honor our governing authority, sometimes that's not very easy. Yeah. Yesterday, and really these last couple of weeks, it has been really easy to follow Absolutely. their lead. Absolutely, I was in. Yeah, I was, was like, great. <laughs> whatever you guys tell us to do, I want to do. You guys are handling this with class, with wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem anxious. They don't seem overwhelmed. They seem just, I don't know, just present. Um available and wanting to care for our city really no well. Question. I've just been super blessed by These that. guys are putting on a clinic for leadership. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been inspiring to watch. So I, yeah, without question, we, we had our um, elder meeting this morning. We, we um, meet every Tuesday and we pray and the city leaders have been something that we've continued to pray for. And um, it was a, it was, it was a pleasure and a privilege to get to pray for our city leadership this, this morning. And um, man, just thankful to the Lord for, for how they've handled um, everything here. Yeah, and, and it just made me realize how, um, probably how often a thankless job that is. Oh, yeah. And it made me want to to make sure that I reach out and just kind of let them know how grateful I am. I, one of my friends is on city council. I went to college with him, and yesterday, all I could do was send him a text just saying, you guys are crushing it. Yeah. Like, I'm just thankful for you. Absolutely. All was that I Travis? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Travis... Travis is killing it, man. I mean, just like uh, like everyone in that sphere. Yeah. It's just, it's exciting to watch, man. Yeah, and there's something about leadership that in a time of what could lead you to a lot of anxiety, leadership that calms you, mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that. And I think at times, like, I desire to be more of that leader for people, and I find myself not there often. Yeah. But when I watch other people do that, it's like, oh, the effect that they just had on me and helping calm my family down, helping us kind of give us clear guidelines and direction of how we should walk this out. It was, it was just a real blessing for my family. Absolutely. And, yeah. To be well thought out, to not be frantic, to be authoritative and, and strong. Yeah. It, it was just, I, 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 I was, I was proud of us yeah. yesterday. Uh, if any city leaders are tuning into this, we just want you to know that we're praying for you and we are so thankful for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just thankful. Yeah. Well, um, Austin, why don't you, um, you, I know you've been chewing on a little something from C.S. Lewis the last couple of days. Yeah. Why don't you kind of, kind of tell us what you've been thinking about and how that applies to our current situation? Well, you know, the, at the beginning of this year, it was one of those things where, um, in the last, oh, six years, I, I have quoted C.S. Lewis a lot. Um, but to be just straight honest, I hadn't read a whole lot of C.S. Lewis. I mean, like I'd read screw tape letters and mere Christianity because those are kind of the staples. And so um, I, this year, made a commitment. One of the things I wanted to do in 2020 was to read a lot of Lewis. Um, I, I said at the beginning I wanted to read all of Lewis, and that has proven here in uh, the end of March to be a bit ambitious. And so um, I've I made it through a few of his books um, here. I, I guess it's March 31st, and I think I made it through four of them. Um, and the, the, the couple that I... I've appreciated um, that were also pretty hard to get through were his um, the first two books in his space trilogy. Did you know uh, old Clive Staples had written some some space novels? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Fascinating. Man. Um, yeah. Sci-fi space trilogy stuff from the 1930s is not as exciting as you might <laughs> anticipate. <laughs> 
The, I mean, he's such a master of language. He'll sp- he, the half the book is him just describing the plants. You know, I mean, like the dude is incredible. Like the way he's able to paint a picture with language. But in, in, in the second book, and and the whole premise of the the space trilogy from C.S. Lewis is um, is this guy that, that, that Professor Ransom. In the first book, he gets. Um, kidnapped by these two kind of seedy guys and they take him to Mars and there's whole this whole thing that plays out and um, then he ends up back in uh, in, in the world in, in, in our universe um, and then in the second book he ends up being taken to Venus and in, in Venus it's called Prelandria um, that's that's the name of the book and it's kind of this um, uh, it, it, it's it's a pre-fall planet and so it's a, it, it's a planet where um, everything is still perfect. Everything is still uninterrupted by um, the fall, and so it's like a, it, it's like a planet that is in a perpetual um, Garden of Eden. And so he uh, meets the Prelandria version of Eve, and you, you you don't meet the Prelandria version of Adam for a while. But um, this um, antagonist from the first story, a, a guy named Doctor Weston, who had kidnapped him and taken him to Mars in the first place, he ends up in. Um, he ends up in Prelandria in Venus. And so the, it, it starts this dialogue between Dr. Ransom. Are you following me on this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it starts this dialogue between uh, Dr. Ransom, who's now in Venus, and um, uh, Dr. Weston, who has followed him to Venus. And evidently something has happened because I love the way that C.S. Lewis paints the picture. He keeps calling him the unman. And so he's not the Weston of the first book. He's... Um, that really the, the 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 shell of Weston that the the, the serpent or the, the the Satan has indwelled, and so it's this interesting dialogue in the way that C.S. Lewis puts it together, because Weston then goes to the Prelandria ver- version of of Eve, and he starts to use logic and um, you know uh, intellectual approach to try to get her to uh, rebel against the, the, the God version in, in the book. And so he's tempting her with logic. He's tempting her with uh, an intellectual pursuit. And so like you get this idea that Satan typically tempts people and engages people by trying to attack their mind. And, and, and it's really interesting how it plays out. But then when Weston and Ransom get alone together, uh, C.S. Lewis, man, he paints this crazy picture because in that moment, Ransom turns into this very um, dumb, or, or Weston turns into this very dumb, childlike uh, creature that instead of trying to tempt or deter Ransom with his intellect, instead, Weston just sits there and for days on end just says, Ransom, Ransom. Ransom. I mean, like <laughs> in the book, he just says Ransom's name in this unbelievably annoying tone for days on end, just trying to whittle down Ransom's patience. Mm. And the picture that has stuck in my mind, man, I, I cannot stop thinking about this, is how what C.S. Lewis is trying to make the point of in that book is that um, often one of the tactics that Satan will use to tempt us and to try to whittle us down in our will is just the, the, the simple tactic of monotony. 
the constant voice, the constant stream of mundane things. And I think about that for our families that are currently in quarantine. Like for whatever reason, it has stuck in my mind with my kids when I'm making them toast and when we are trying to get ourselves together for um, morning activities. And it's just this constant asking and this constant questioning and a constant requirement for my children. And I think about that um, temptation, that ransom experience from, from, from the tempter on Prelandria, because it is this like consistent voice and this consistent um, monotony in, in a person's life. And I think often that, that where this lands is I think often in our lives, we are prone to think of, uh, of, of temptation and the draw of Satan in so much as like a, an intellectual draw or him uh, coming and attacking us with uh, really uh, difficult things in our lives and suffering. And that all happens. But what it's reminded me of in this season is that often even the temptation of, of Satan can just be that still, small, monotonous voice that tries to take our mind off the things of God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it, it reminded me of a, of, of a couple passages here. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. This is one that maybe we've heard before, but um, Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments of every lofty opinion and uh, uh, raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Peter in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Um, James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, uh, uh, in my mind, uh, a part of being sober-minded and watchful is also being aware that the, uh, of the tactics that the devil uses to try to whittle away our attention towards God. And I think in this season, and I may be wrong, and you can speak to this, Tyler, but in my mind, I just have had that uh, voice of Weston to ran- ransom, that constant, monotonous, annoying thing that tried to, to break his will and break his patience by just whittling him down to nothing. And in this season, I think that that's a, a tactic that Satan will use on us as well. Um, I was uh, talking to my brother, and he was um, just telling me about my, my sister-in-law who told him yesterday that she just feels like her life is this perpetual, never-ending Groundhog Day because you wake up, and you're in the same place, and you do the same thing, and then you go to sleep. And it was to- like as of a month ago, this was totally unexpected. And so it's this monotonous thing that can be so discouraging. And I think in this season, Satan can use it to take our affections and take our hopes away from, away from God. Mm-hmm. And so being watchful and aware and sober-minded of the tactics of the devil in this season, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot to chew on, but it absolutely makes sense. I mean, I also think as you were kind of sharing that and just the the just that constant like saying his name saying his name saying his name just get trying to get his attention you know what i mean but yeah. in the most simple and monotonous way i i think about how because of the isolating nature we feel 
um, and just how disconnected we can all feel. I'm thinking of, I mean, I've heard this and I've seen this and I've felt it in myself even at times. When I get distracted a little bit in simple, subtle ways, just how quickly like a narrative can form mm-hmm. about what's true. Yeah. And it can be really subtle stuff, but there are assumptions made, narratives formed, stories told to yourself yeah. when, you're, when, you're, when your attention just gets a little off kilter. And especially in this time where we don't have as much face-to-face communication, you're relying yeah. on all sorts of other types of cues to, to get your sense of, you know, like where you are, who, how, your interactions with people. Like I'm just thinking of all the narratives that run around in our head mm-hmm. because we can get quickly off kilter and, and distracted. And those things, if not brought under the authority of Jesus, they can just take on a life of their own. Yeah. And move us to drudgery, move us to like even the narrative of like our kids speaking to us in that way and like constantly asking and asking and asking. We, it's really hard, but we have an opportunity to see that. We can see it one of two ways. It's it's tiring, it's exhausting. That's true no matter what, but we could see it as an opportunity to, as loving dads, care for the needs of our kids. Yeah, That's one way to look at it. Or we could see it as, my kids are a burden, they're stressing me out, and we could see our kids as problems to fix. Which is exactly where my heart typically goes. I mean, <laughs> like... Because in even in the story in C.S. Lewis's story, it's um, I mean he he says ran, he, he says ransom, even when ransom responds to him, he continues on saying his mm-hmm. name all through the night. So ransom's not sleeping. I mean it's days on end of this, and so I mean you can understand that you got three hours of sleep last night with your kids. Yeah. And in the middle of the night at two in the morning, when your kid has woken you up, and for whatever reason they just won't go back to sleep. All of it, it is hard to, con, to to take captive your thoughts, mm. to be sober-minded, to be watchful, to be aware of the tactics of the devil in that moment to pull your affections away from Christ yeah. and to make those things obedient, to make your thoughts obedient to Christ in, in the midst of something that just has felt so constant and so never-ending. And I, I, that's, that's the thing that I kept um, thinking of. Uh, as we, I, when you asked me, it's the first thing that hop, popped into yeah. my mind about just a spiritual thought in this season. But there's another verse in Thessalonians 5, 6 that says, so then let us not sleep as others do. And this is not talking about physical sleep. This is talking about an awareness. But let us keep awake and be sober. Hmm. So just understanding the tactics of, of, of Satan and spiritual warfare and understanding that Often it's not that he comes and attacks our intellect and tries to pull, a, pull us away from our Christian convictions by using logic and, um, you know, anthropological type of reasoning. Uh, and instead, sometimes it's just this whittling down of our will, yeah. just trying to grind us into powder to, to, to send us into despair. Yeah. Uh, sp- Speak to this. Here's a here's a question about that. Yeah. Um, well, first I'll start with just a just a story. We we've been trying to to talk to Allie about um, how the enemy wants to tell us lies, mm-hmm. and how even our our flesh wants to tell us lies about what's true about us. And um, it was real interesting because sometimes you're you're not thinking, you, you're not, it's not sure how much your kids are hearing or taken to heart. Um, but one day she said, "I'm feeling that thing again where I feel like there's a lie in my head." Hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to talk to her about how we take every thought captive. 
You know what I mean? And, yeah. and what do we do with lies? And uh, we call them out for what they are so that we can make them obedient to Christ. Because um, t- the temptation is to hear that lie and to stuff it down. Yeah. That, and I think sometimes we even think that's making it obedient to Christ, but I actually think that might be missing a step. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, we, we were... We were talking about that with her, and her and I went on a walk, and we just made up some songs about how she could take every thought captive, and did some hand motions to help her kind of like remember it. Wow! And and um, that I, it was one go of those moments. That's great. Well, yeah. it was one of those moments <laughs> where I was so aware that that was like that was God at work and not my parenting yeah. because it was just like, whoa, this is amazing. And um, you start the service this week with those. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, but as I was thinking about that for her, I was trying to help her understand that the best, the best move forward would not just to be to run along and get busy doing something else so she forgets about the lie, because mm-hmm. actually that actually gives the lie more power, right? Yeah. In some ways. I mean, not, you know. Oh, I mean, avoidance is not yeah. a way to deal with, with issue. Yeah. And so, and, and so speak to that, like that idea of like, so to be awake and sober is not to, avo- is not to go, oh, I recognize that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do some Christian activity. Yeah. I'm not going to go just listen to worship music. Well, that might be a good thing. We can't cover up the lies with just more activity. How do we, how do we actually take those thoughts captive and then make them obedient to Jesus? Well, I think you're right, man. I mean, the, the, I, I think that typically the way that I heard this growing up, felt like a head down, power through, just try harder and do more Mm. type of mentality. And that's not what the Bible's talking about here. I mean, everything, the kingdom of of Jesus is flipped on its head. And so strength is weakness. Mm. Gaining is losing, right? Mm -hmm. And and so um, the, the idea of us just trying harder to not be tempted and trying harder to, to not be weak is not the way that you handle this. You take it to Jesus and you engage in the, the family that we've been adopted into, which Mm -hmm. is the the community of the church. And so that ties into like the, what we, what we talk about all the time of being authentic and being engaged with one another and confessing sin and confessing brokenness and confessing struggle. Like when my children are bugging the garbage out of me in, in this quarantine scenario. And it's just constant voices and they're, and, and I, man, I am like me compared to the, the, the stay at home moms right now that all of a sudden have become homeschool moms that are just engaged constantly. My, my struggle is very limited and weak, but for, in those seasons for, for, for people who are struggling with that constant monotony to uh, be able to get in community with one another over Zoom or whatever it is in this season of mm. quarantine, uh, to, to be able to confess that to one another and find encouragement from other believers yeah. and to ask for prayer and mm-hmm. to ask for the Lord to give us a supernatural strength. Because as, you know, as Paul said, our, our um, fight is not, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Mm. It's not about us just being strong in the flesh and making ourselves mighty. It's about us surrendering the, to the fact that we are weak and we are in need of help from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's where that's that's where the gospel is powerful in our weakness. Yes, Jesus didn't come for us in our strength and what we brought to the table. He came for us because apart from Him, we didn't we were nothing. Yes, and and so don't be afraid to make that phone call to just share. Man, I am struggling with this thing and I need help. I need help taking this to Jesus. Oh yeah. Um, don't be afraid to spend some time in silence and deal with 
some of the stuff inside you and ask yourself those questions. Man, what is going on? What am I afraid of? What, yeah. What's driving some of these these frustrations or anxieties? Don't be afraid to do those things and to bring other people into it, to, to tell people on that Zoom call. I think it's so often we feel like we have to bring a certain persona to the table yeah. in community. And Jesus doesn't ask us to pretend. Jesus no, asks us to come and... And he meets us in the real depths of our pain and the real depths of our brokenness. And because we're all weak, like, yeah. if there's anyone in this season that's just like skating through this, like, I haven't met them. You no. know what I mean? Even if life hasn't changed a whole lot, this is, this is different. Life in general is hard. But. Yeah. I mean, everything has been changed and it was unexpected. And the hard thing is, if you're in it right now, it, if you're in it right now and you can see a light at the end of the tunnel, there's something to shoot for and to, and, and mm-hmm. to hold on for. But right now, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, this is a, a for, for, for moms with children, this is a perpetual summer mm-hmm. where now they're called to be um, homeschool moms with kids that are confused about the virus or the virus, as my kids call it for what it, there's a bee that got in there somehow. But, um, uh, I'm sorry, that was a rabbit trail. <laughs> but um, they're just in this moment where um, everything is different and our children are struggling and they're probably not getting as much physical activity. So maybe they're not sleeping as well and there just doesn't seem to be an end in sight. And so for us to acknowledge the struggle in that mm-hmm. and to engage in community to that end and to ask for prayer, to admit our weakness, to be sober minded of the tactics of of the devil in this time yeah. it, that that monotonous groundhog day constant voice ransom 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 all you know like that that level of temptation for whatever reason just has been seared in my brain and seems so applicable to to the time that we're in right now yeah that's good man i think it's it's interesting to think about um you talk about strength and weakness kind of Mm -hmm. as Christians, like we're weak, but it's interesting um, that it feels like this could be a time where our capacity could really actually grow. Hmm. And I don't just mean our capacity to be stronger apart from God, but actually our capacity to receive help from God because we're pressed in ways we haven't been pressed and to not see neediness as a problem, but to see our neediness as an opportunity to be met by God. And so Maybe even the Lord in this season wants to redeem some of this broken stuff that we're a part of to actually increase our capacity, not in being uh, independent from Him, but learning to be dependent on Him. Yeah, and give us more joy. You know, yeah. um, that's one thing I really, I really want to see my life more, more joyful, um, more present um, to the moments in front of me, and less. Um, in this moment, like I'm very much a future oriented person and I'm having to learn to go, well, I don't know what's going to happen two months from now. Yeah. And it's honestly a gift for me to go. And I know this isn't the case for everybody, but for me, I'm having to go like, okay, well, I have to wrestle with being present today. Oh yeah, man. And, and I've had some moments where I've experienced joy in ways that I don't know that I ever have with my kids um, because of that. But then also there's the all day, everyday nature of it that is, that's tiring. But yeah, there's such a juxtaposed um, situation in this season because we've, we've had some of the best days uh, that we've ever had as a family in the last two months. And we've also struggled in ways that we hadn't before. Hmm. And so there's um, high highs and low lows. And, and that's, uh, that's where the Lord's got us right now. So 
Well, guys, thanks for tuning in today uh, to our fourth episode of the Common Life Podcast. Um, we hope this is encouraging for you. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, we love you guys. We're thinking of you guys, and we can't wait to be with you in person again.